Welcome to the South Edmonton Church of Christ. In this video, we're going to have a couple of songs and then I will share with you something from God's Word. Let's join in together. May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. May I serve with honor in the role you've given me. And may I never go beyond my place as I serve my Savior and I give you praise. Help me follow the truth and I'll be saved. May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. Do you know, little child, what is in you?
Do you ever think about how important it is that you can see? I think about it pretty often because on a daily basis, uh, whenever uh, I'm about to lay down at night, I have to take off my glasses. Well, whenever I do that, it makes it to where I can't see very well. In fact, just taking them off right now, it's hard to see some of the things uh, on the computer screen that I'm looking at. Well, that's just kind of part of life with glasses. And I, I'm so thankful that I have these glasses and that I'm able to see. However, what about in our spiritual sight? Uh, what type of spiritual glasses do you have that enables you to be able to see things? In this video, we're gonna take a look at two passages, one from the Old Testament and another from the, the New Testament. And both of them deal with sight and the importance of this sight. Let's take a look at this first one together. In 1 Kings chapter 6, I'm not going to read all that uh, you have before you on the screen. And if you want to take the time and, and read it word for word, you're welcome to do that. You can pause the video at this point and, and just uh, read them together. But I do want to draw your attention to a few things that I've put in bold and underlined on the screen, just to give you the context of what this story takes place. Uh, the story is at a time whenever Israel is at a war. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, it says that now the king of Aram, was at war with Israel. Okay, uh, Israel was at war with people a lot of times. This is just kind of one of those occasions. However, on this occasion, we actually get a little bit of insight into a conversation that's taking place among the enemies. See, the enemy, uh, the king of the enemy, he thinks there's a traitor in their midst. In fact, in verse 11, he says, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. So he wants to know Who's telling these, these secrets to Israel? Because every time I try to plan something, they already know what's going on. How is that possible? Well, somehow the army recognizes something uh, that the king doesn't. I don't know exactly how they get this insight, but in verse 12, what we do see is they recognize what happens. Uh, they say, well, Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So, they recognize Elisha is the one. He's a prophet of God. He's a prophet in Israel. And whenever this enemy king is making plans, uh, the Lord reveals it to Elisha, and then he reveals that to uh, the king of Israel. Um, so that's how it is. It's not that they, they have a traitor in their midst, but yet it's Elisha because the God is revealing it to him. Well, the enemy king, the king of the Arameans, he doesn't like that, as you could, you know, of course, guess. And in verse 14, he decides to, to do something. He plans an attack, actually. He asks where this prophet is located, where Elisha is located. And once they tell him where, then what they do is uh, they went by night and surrounded the city. That's stated in verse 14. So you have an enemy camp uh, who is surrounding the city where this prophet Elisha is located. Well, what do we find out now? It sounds like it's not looking too good for Elisha, but let's keep reading because Elisha has spiritual sight. Second Kings chapter six, I am going to start reading now, picking up in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what should we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. 
So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Okay, so here in this passage, uh, we kind of have three different uh, people groups, if you want to look at them like this. We have the man of God. This is the prophet Elisha. Now, we already know that he has this spiritual sight. Uh, he's been getting this insight from the Lord for uh, some time already by this point. But we know he has spiritual sight, and he's had it for a while. We also see another category, if you will, another person. This individual is the servant of the man of God. Now, obviously, because he's in close quarters with Elisha, he's seen all types of things. He has seen the Lord uh, do, do many things and, and bring people through things that there really uh, seems to be no way. But yet this servant, he's able to see them. Uh, but even in this passage, what we see with the servant is his eyes have recently been opened to kind of a whole new world around him, kind of this spiritual world. Um, he sees that the hills are full of horses and chariots of fire. Now, uh, those horses and chariots of fire, obviously, they're not just kind of regular horses and regular chariots and all. Uh, these would be that angelic host of heaven. Sometimes the Lord is spoken of as being the Lord of hosts. Well, in this passage, we see that he's got thousands upon thousands of angels. And at this time, he sends some to guard his people. Even though not all of his people were even aware of that. See, the man of God, Elisha, he could see them. But this servant apparently couldn't see it at first. So see, sometimes we need to be aware that we're not always able to see what God is doing in the midst of it. But, you know, if the Lord is willing, he can open up our eyes and he can allow us to see more than what we could see before. Now, likely there's even more than what this servant was able to see around him. But his eyes were open and he was able to, to process his information and realize even more of what the Lord was doing for him in the midst. Then we have another group. This one literally is a group. It's, it's the third one. It's this army in verse 18 that has recently been struck with blindness. So as far as being able to see, we, we see three categories. The first one is the man of God who's been able to see for a while. The second one is the servant of the man of God who has just recently been able to have his eyes open to be able to see more spiritual things. But then this third one who their eyes have just been completely shut off at this time and they're unable to see. Now, you know, I could ask us, what category do we fit into? But if we're to be honest with ourselves, you know, sometimes we might actually fit multiple categories of these. Um, hopefully we don't really fit in with the army too much. Maybe that was times of our past, uh, but, uh, you know, now our eyes have been opened, maybe recently opened. And sometimes we might not even see what God is doing and might not be able to make perfect sense of it. That's okay. If you follow Elisha enough, you'll notice he doesn't always make perfect sense of everything that God does either. Um, I don't know that you'll really find any prophet in the Bible who always made perfect sense of everything God is doing. So just because you might feel like you don't have this spiritual sight, or just because you cannot actually see the horses and the chariots of fire, don't be alarmed at that. You know, that's not what we really need to be expecting. What we need to be expecting is being able to see what the Lord is doing. But it's only because the Lord has revealed it to us. And it's only if the Lord will, will reveal it to us. So with this, as the, the stage is set and we, we can learn things about their sight, uh, what happens next? You've got this man who can see, the man who recently is able to see, and then this group of men who they cannot see. What's going to take place? Because this army has been given the task of going and getting this man of God. What happened? Let's keep reading. Let's pick back up now in verse 19 and go through verse 23. Elisha told them, 
This is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall, shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them, so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them, and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away, and they returned to their master. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. So that's how it happens here. Now, I will warn you, uh, not every single story that we read about in the Bible has such a you know nice little ending to it. But here in this one, we do see that uh, no harm has really come to anybody. And we do understand a little bit more about this site, this spiritual site, and what the Lord sometimes does. He kind of acts in, in a little interesting ways. But yeah, these men, they, they didn't even know what was going on. They were so blinded to to where they were being led. And I mean, they were being led right into Samaria, right into the heart of enemy territory. Uh, there should have been no way that they would have just willingly went there, but yet that's what they did. And then of course, the king of Israel, he's wondering, well, well what do we do now? You know, he, he wants to know, well, shall I kill these people? These are the enemy after all. But the man of God, the man of God with spiritual sight, he says, don't kill them. Instead, take care of them, send them back on their way. After all, they had an important message to share. Uh, and we see that that uh, actually it produced a little bit of peace at, at this, uh, ever so slightly at least. In verse 23, uh, it says that they stopped raiding Israel's territory. Um, well, that, you know that's some pretty good news. I would I would like to think. Uh, and here we see that because it's the man of God who has this spiritual insight, and he acts accordingly, and he knows uh, what God is about and what God desires in this instance, and that was. A lesson to be learned, a lesson about, I believe at least partially, spiritual sight and what we can see or what we can't see and how the Lord is the one who can open up our eyes or perhaps the Lord is the one who can close our eyes. The Lord is Lord of all and he's capable of doing great things. In fact, Jesus says something very similar in the New Testament. Let's take a look at that passage now. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the, the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, here before us on this screen, I, I have drawn our attention to three different passages, kind of three things that we see in these different uh, paragraphs. And I believe that they in many ways kind of go along with the lesson that we learned. But that other lesson from the Old Testament with Elisha, I think that kind of shows us a very physical uh, type of way of, of seeing what we see here on a spiritual level. So on a spiritual level, what Jesus is talking about is these great things that God was revealing during his time, just kind of the plan of God. 
it has been hidden from people that you might expect to figure it out. You know, when Jesus came here and he spoke to people, a lot of the religious leaders rejected him. You know, those wise people, the learned people. Now, this isn't negative about them. This is just how it was. And how it was is these things were, were hidden from those people that you would expect them to know the truth. But then they were revealed to little children. Now, this is not to diminish the, the place of little children. Actually, if anything, what it is, is it raises them up to a great prominent position. And that's what Jesus constantly did. He was always saying things like the first shall be last and the last will be first. And then you've got to become like a little child. All of this is related. If you think you're wise, be careful because you might find out that you're not as wise as you think. Our wisdom is very little compared to the wisdom of God. However, God is pleased to reveal it to little children. He's revealed these things in such a beautiful way. And that's also what this second paragraph shows us. In verse 27, we find out that really the ones who are given this spiritual sight are the ones that, of course, the Father and the Son chooses to reveal these things to. And now, when I read passages like this, I think about the Word of God, because the Word of God is the main way that, that these things have been revealed to us today. And I'm so thankful for God's Word. I'm thankful for all that God has chosen to reveal to us so that we can be faithful to him all the days of our life. But that's what God has desired. God did not leave us in the dark. No, he gave us the revealed word of God so that we can know what God has done in times past, what God is doing right now, and what God is going to do tomorrow, so to speak. We even, if you so choose to see it, you know, we, we kind of have the ending of the story. And guess what? God wins. And he puts things back right. He, he puts them uh, even better than what they were at the very beginning of creation. And that's God's goal throughout it all. And he revealed it to us. It's a wonderful story. And it's true. It's the story that we need to be sharing. It's a story that we need to be living. And to a degree, we need to be writing it too, in the sense of living it out. And that's why in this last paragraph, in verse 28, we see this call, this wonderful call that sometimes we, we sing about in our song. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is the call that Jesus has given to us. This is the call that the Father has given to us. This is how we can have spiritual sight and the ability to act on that sight is, look, once these things have been revealed to us, what do we do? Well, we come to God. We come to Jesus. We allow him to take care of us. And he's given us a promise that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's a wonderful promise. It's a wonderful call. Will you allow your eyes to be open? Will you follow Jesus? Will you follow God wherever they so choose to lead you? That's the invitation that they've invited us into. That's the story they've invited us uh, into. Let's continue it, please. Let's live it out in our daily lives.
Pensar